the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, how you doing? This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, once again, I'm hosting the show, uh, Isaiah 61, uh, giving you a shout out from the north side. Uh, just a great time, time of year, fall, nice, crisp weather. It lets me know that the the end of my hot weather days is coming, you know what I mean? <laughs> People get mad at me when they come over my house, and my house is set at seventy-five. I have to remind them that uh, I'm a sun baby. You know, what I mean that's just just how it is. I, I'm in Minnesota by call, not by choice. You know, what I mean, and I, that doesn't mean I got to be cold. It just doesn't mean I have to be cold. You know, I had a great week. Uh, you know, sometimes you get real busy, uh, as 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 most of you know. Uh, I had to this summer. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. I had to have a triple triple bypass and kind of threw me off time-wise and, and dealing with things. And I just thank God I had a great great staff to step in and uh, run all the programming and, and do some things that were there. And one of the things that when you run a, uh, a nonprofit or, you know, you just run any kind of a ministry, there's always that fundraising piece that comes in. You have a, a lot of people responsible, you know, that you're responsible for. You look at them. And uh, they expect you to keep the programs going and, and raising funds. And, and, and that's kind of hard when you're laying in a hospital bed or you're trying to rehab and come back. So it's, it's been it's been interesting these last couple of months or so when I've had this energy, newfound energy that I hadn't had in a long time. And uh, just trying to get things done and, 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 uh, and just 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 get back out there and let people know I'm OK. And uh, the programs are going strong. We did a gospel skate last week for uh, the kids in the program and their families, and it was just a huge success. We had a great time, and uh, you know, I was anxious for that. But you know, there was while I was watching the gospel skate, I had to. I I don't skate anymore, and I just kind of walk around and encourage people and talk to them and talk with the families. But there was something that was there that was that was kind of missing, and they really kind of kind of uh, just reignited the burden that I that I have, you know. And and, and my burden, is, I've I've always felt. That my ministry of my call was was uh, primarily to the urban area, you know. And if I subset it, I would say I'm called to 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 urban areas, and was subset it particularly in the United States of America, particularly in our large cities, particularly amongst uh, you know just African American community, and particularly amongst men. And and that's just how we'll go. I mean, but my call is to urban areas, and if you come to my church, you'll find 
all kind of representations economically and racial wise. It's not a border there. But, you know, as you break it down, I, I just feel this desire. But as I looked out there and I saw the young people skating and things going on and, and families talking and everything there, there was just a lack of men. There was just a lack of men. You know, there, there were no 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 men there. You know, there were no uh, no dads, no single men, just, just it was a lack. It was just a, uh, it was, you know, young people, of course, that we work with. And and there were uh, there were moms, you know, there were moms and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as you've heard me say before, I was raised by a single mom and I'm glad my mom was a tomboy. So my mom taught me how to play baseball, tackle football, basketball, taught me how to fight, you know. But, you know, what? and all the means of that, this tomboy as my mother was, she just couldn't teach me you know, how to be a man. She couldn't model for me how to to be a man and what I need to do. But it's not so much it was the lack of men that was that was there that I noticed around there, but it's just the, the 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 lack of godly men. And when I look at our communities and I look at what's happening, I I just can't help but say and look at it and say like, wow, you know, where are the godly men? I go to church and I walk in church and it's predominantly female. And then when you break it down to who's godly, <laughs> meaning what I mean by godly, who who's pursuing God? What, what, when does the, 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 the will of God become the filter by which, you know, you live and move and have to be in this world? Then the number gets even smaller. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people who are carry minister titles, but yet they're not godly men. You know what I mean? They're men who pursue God, but they're not godly men you know what i mean they, they may study god but they they god does not does not dictate their actions their things their everything they move and they live to serve him and they are his bride and and i, I think about that because i think about my own children and, and just the the difference that having uh, a, a godly man around the difference that it made in their life as i as i observed them as they have branched out and going out to do some things and and uh, you heard me say this about a couple months ago that, you know, I find that my, my uh, especially my sons, my sons bring their friends to me to talk about certain things. You know, they think my sons had this level of wisdom and they say, no, we get it from my dad. And this thing I know, I'm sitting down in a room full of young men talking to them or one on one with some guy. And I realized that that that, that there's a hunger and a thirst to know how to serve God as a man. And and I, I remember just as a as a as a young twenty something going to church and and uh seeing the few men that were there at church standing there all cool and stoic and everything like that while the women were dancing before the Lord and testifying and, 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 and just showing his goodness. And man, I you know, I wanted to dance before the Lord and to testify, but I was trying to hoping one of these brothers would show me how a man's supposed to do it. I didn't want to imitate one of the sisters in the church and <laughs> jump around and dance and testify. I was trying to look to the men to see it's there, you know, in, in some churches the the leadership, the pastor and them stay in the they stay in another room doing praise and worship, then they come out just before it's time to preach the word or take the offering. And so a lot of times you can't really observe that. So 
a lot of times, you know, just you, you just have to take what you can get and, and go from there. And and because I was always drawn to prayer, I loved going to prayer meetings. But in Mr. Prayer Meetings, you find out that, that they're predominantly female. And these, these predominantly female prayer meetings, I mean, they're praying, and sometimes I'll be the only guy. And I look around and say, man, you know, we need some men, you know, crying out to God. We need some men doing these things. And sometimes we just take things and we don't really understand that that as long as the the, the, the family is incomplete in the institution that believes in the family, how can the family ever be complete outside of that institution in the area that doesn't even believe in God or anything like that? But if godly people can't keep a family together, how can we get mad at the ungodly when they redefine family and they have to redefine it because they get, where will they find the definition of family? You're not going to find it, you know, in, 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 in the church because, you know, we don't hold on to family, you know, it's like we used to hold on to family and it's not there. And so we, 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 we kind of make dues and we, we adjust it. And, you know, I mean, God's word, God says I'm the same yesterday, then forever. And uh, and uh, he wouldn't have given us anything that cannot be done. So it's not like it's impossible to maintain. You know, what I mean, I, I I love my wife. I've been married to my wife for 24 years, you know. Uh, and, man, it's just I miss her when I'm gone a few hours. I had to be go to an ordination ceremony. I was being ordained and and uh, and I drove down to Iowa and, you know, get back to the room and you know, telling her about the ceremony and words spoken over my life and things like that. And I'm like, man, I, honey, I miss you. You know, but I knew I couldn't go back home that night, not driving through boring Iowa. I, I said, I wasn't going to drive through no Iowa. It's just, I'm urban. You know what I mean? I don't do cornfields at night. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I can, I can walk down the meanest streets in the world, man, late at night. I don't count me drug addicts out there. I don't feel no fear. But you set me out in the country, and just all it takes is one hour or a snorting cow, man, and I and, and I'm just like I'm like a fish out of water, you know. That's like, so I'm like I lead the cornfields and the dark roads to them folks. I'm getting up in the morning, and then I'm, like, I'm coming home. But you know, it was just a miss and and, and a passion. I mean, I, I just you know, like I said, I, I you know I, I I I love her. I mean, it's it's just there. But then I look around me, and I look at other marriages around me and I don't I don't see that passion you know what I mean I I I see a a a survival thing you know not not just that 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 burning desire to 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 be pleasing to love and be lovable you know and if we who are called by his name can't even maintain a passion for each other and a love for each other then we we can't expect the unbeliever to do it. I, I just don't understand where we come from when we want to get mad at somebody for living together or get mad at somebody for same-sex things like that. And you don't even honor the code of marriage yourself. You know what I mean? I'm not telling nobody's business or anything like that, but, man, I, I heard a, a comment by the, I'm not going to butcher his name, but he wrote the Emotionally Healthy Leader. He was speaking at our uh, at the Foursquare District Conference that I went to, and, and, and uh, he just said that, in a in a day and age where we live in an over sex culture, you know, we use sex to sell soap, cereal, you know what I mean? It's just sex is everywhere. He said, 
why do married people have less and less sex? You know, they're the ones who you're married, you know. <laughs> I remember being single man sitting up there, man, talking about, man, I can't wait till I get married, man. I can't wait till I get married. Oh, my goodness, I can't wait. Man, you know, these images are killing me. You know, Satan is busy at work. And, and, uh, and, and me, I, I always hang around people that, that, that want to go where I want to go. So, uh, it was a group of us young single ministers doing ministry. And, you know, you, you have your temptations and your falls that come your way as a single person in ministry. And so we would get together once a week and we would pray, you know, you know, hold each other accountable, you know, make sure we're not doing anything out of the, out of pocket or if we were dating, making sure that, you know, all hands above the weights. You know I mean, I mean, we just, we just was, we wanted, we want to live out a holy life for God. And so we sit up there in our little prayer room, you know, we praying at lunchtime and then this other dude, he's married, right? Fine wife, you know, you know, he, he comes in and sits down in the room with us and we like, you know, how do we get rid of this dude? You know, we, 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 we you're, this is not your prayer meeting, right? This is, you got to go, man. This is, a, this is for the brothers, the, the bachelors to the rapture prayer meeting. You got yours, you know what I mean? And, and he sat there, and then we didn't want to put him out, so we let him pray with us the first week. Then he came back the second week, and he sat in the prayer meeting, and we're like, look, it's finally the guy said, oh, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, we three are, you know, single, and, and you know, we're we're praying to fight off temptations to go that way. And he said, I know. He said, uh, uh, brother, you're married. He said, yeah, I'm married. <clears throat> but I'm having trouble. <clears throat> Excuse me. I said, as fine as your wife is? He said, man, I started going to college. He had started going back to college. And this is Texas, right? So it's hot. So everybody's coming to class in bikini tops, hot pants, everything like that. So he's at school, and he's getting bombarded with all these young, you know, he's like about 26, 27, but he's back there. And and the while and he said, man, sometimes I leave out of there, and the images, and I just, but I don't, I don't want to have intimacy with my wife that's been fueled by <laughs> hanging around a bunch of lust buckets. So I find myself frustrated, you know. And 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 then I just told him, I said, bro, see, that's why we should have never let you in the prayer meeting. Cause you just ruined our hope. We just thought it would be over when we got married. We thought this whole battling with lust and images would be over once we got married. Now here you come, just to ruin our parade. Looks like we're gonna be praying till the rapture. You know what I mean? And that was just our joke. You know, what I mean? now we gotta go there. But I say that to say is that 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 he was trying to maintain a level of integrity. And a level of love for his wife, but he realized that he was getting bombarded with things. But so he went and he turned to prayer. He didn't try to handle it on his own. He didn't try to handle it in the flesh by, you know, uh, quote unquote, easing the pressure by being with his wife. You know, he realized that he needed to pray. He needed to get with some brothers and pray. And, you know, and it was some great prayer time. And it was eye opening to me to understand that 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 my level of responsibility of purity and holiness as a man of God will not end when I get married. Matter of fact, it's going to be. The battle is going to be even worse as I as I get married, you know, and, and, and we have a need for our young men to see godly men. Right. They, they, they need to learn from godly men. You know, Paul says that that the older should teach the younger. And, and, and you don't have that all the time. I was blessed to have that, you know, and I still had it in my life. I got 
you know, mentor, 75 or 80 years old, still speaking to my life. And, and, uh, and you know, and one of the things I do look for is that, you know, are they still passionate you know, about their wife or are they or are they just existing? You know, because Jesus is passionate for me. And so when we come back after the break, I want to uh, sit up here and talk about the that need in different ways, address that need and how God wants that need addressed and what we need to do to make sure that we as godly men are there for this next generation and that we pass on to them, you know, how God wants us to live and function. So tune in, enjoy the music, and I'll catch you after the break. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Hi, this is Paul Ridgway. You know, and as a Christian, I love to laugh. We should be the most joyful people in the world, and we have a good reason to be laughing. Is one, we love life, we love the Lord, but also, you're going to love Clean Comedy Night. Come here, a great comedian, Amy Barnes. All you have to do is go to our website, am980themission.com, and you can log on and see all about our Clean Comedy Night. And by the way, tickets start at only $9.80. And you can laugh all the way to the bank about that. Clean Comedy Night, brought to you by Mathnasium. Hey, this is Pastor Joe Sutton with Isaiah 61 out of Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. Listening to uh, 980 The Mission. And uh, coming back to finish talking about uh, the need for godly men. And, uh, and and so sometimes it, when I look at Genesis, I look at the book of Genesis and when God came in creation and, and God said that, um, you know, let us make man, you know, in our own image. And and he, he, he made man and he formed him out of, out, of the, out of the dust or out of the dirt. And then he breathed his spirit into man. And then he gave man this job and man was naming all the animals and 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 then God was like, you know, look, uh, you know, he needs a helpmate. He needs somebody around him. And, you know, and, and so and he looked at all the animals and everything like that and everything in creation. And he and he realized that none of that would do. And so then he, he came and, and he formed a woman by taking that rib out of his side. But before he got his woman, he put him to sleep. And then when he awoke and he had it and he was there. But even with the breath of God in his life and being hand designed by God, you know, he still fell into sin. He still did not do what he was supposed to do. God forgave him, but he still had to reap, you know, what he sowed. He still had to leave the garden. Purpose didn't change. The mandate to be fruitful and dominate was there, but some things were added to it, like, you know, you know, the frustration of tilling the ground and, and for woman pain doing childbirth, but you know they were still allowed to pursue his purpose, and he gave him a family, and then from there we see the whole world changing and and coming into a whole different thing. So I just want to go back at first that when when God chose man, and sometimes that gets kind of hard for us to understand, and sometimes even in our theology, you know, I'm Foursquare, you know, what I mean, and if if you're not familiar with Foursquare, Foursquare is a it's a Pentecostal denomination. It was started by 
Amy Simple McPherson. So it was started by a female. So, you know, a lot of y'all give me flack about belonging to an organization that had had that believes in female leadership, you know what I mean? But you know, having been raised by a single mom, you know, it just doesn't phase me either way. <laughs> it just doesn't phase me either way. So you can quote to me all day long. But if you go to my mother's house, she's going to tell you what to do, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just an interesting scenario. In the book of Acts, when they needed somebody to serve the food, they they called on seven godly men. Today, we put a bunch of church ladies down in the kitchen and we let them go at it. So we, we still got room. We still got room for grace in this thing. But not only did did he did did God you know choose man, you know he breathed his breath into him to bring him life, and 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 the breath of God was in him. And I, I look at that that so when I look at us as men, the thing that we need to set us apart is that we need the breath of God in our lives. You know what I mean? We need you know the, as the scripture says, in Him we move, in Him we live, and in Him we have our being. You know what I mean? That 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 we know that our life is not based upon our skill sets our experiences, our desires, our hobbies, or whatever, but we know that the very life that's in us comes from God. And and that's very key and crucial. If you're looking for somebody to mentor you or if you're looking for somebody to marry, you know what I mean, you you better you better make sure that 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 the the breath of God has been breathed into that individual. But even then they're gonna make mistakes. Adam still made a mistake. He still he still partook of the fruit, he still violated that covenant with God. Even though God, you know, still loved on him and, and uh, you know, clothed him, but he had to leave. He had to leave the garden. He still had to reap what he sowed. So, you know, don't get mad when you run into imperfection or you run into, uh, you know, transgressions or sins or whatever like that in the individual. It doesn't mean that person is is totally hopeless or helpless. It means that they're human. They're a human being, and we all all are sinning, falling short, you know, of God's glorious idea in our life. And that's what we have to always look at and always understand. And, and and he trusted him. He trusted him with a job. He trusted him to name all of creation, and you know he 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 put him to work. You know he put him to work. You know I, I just don't want to get uh, too too urban, but sometimes in the situations that I'm in, and I I go to a house and I go to visit, do a family visit, and there's a man there, but he's not the the daddy of the particular kid I'm working with, you know, but he's there and, you know, he might be playing video games or, or, or watching TV or something like that. And, and, and mom's going to work. And, and I understand that, you know, especially when you allow yourself to get caught up in the system and you get a felony or whatever like that, that it's hard to find a job. It's hard to find a job without a felony, but when you got to, I know it's hard to find a job, you know what I mean? But that's just not the imagery that, that we want to see, and it's not what God ordained. God put man to work. You know what I mean? He didn't give him to stay at home and play PlayStation or whatever, or, you know, Halo. You know what I mean? He put him, he put him, he got there working. So you got, you, what we have is we have generations of, of, of young people who've grown up seeing either A, there's no man around. I know on, on, on my wife's side of the family, there hasn't been a man for a couple of generations. It's just not there. You know, it's in a, a patriarch dominated home, matriarch dominated home. And so you had that. And so then when they do come together and they want to come in and understand male female relationships or things like that in marriage, it's get skewed because we still we use our own home and our own basis for what it is. Me, I knew mine was messed up. So I had to go find me some mentors and I do because I wouldn't I, I it wasn't going to work, you know, from what for what I've seen and what I've been through. 
But he, but then guy sent him a helpmate. He helped sent him an aide to help him to to achieve this purpose, the thing that he called him to do. And in the midst of that, he still gave him a family. You know what I mean? And his family. You see his family, his sons, you know, knew they talked with God. They brought God sacrifices and they did things like that. I just want to take a journey over the next couple of weeks to looking at all these instances, man being chosen, breath being breathed into him, uh, you know, helping God name all creation or giving him a job, a helpmate, forgiveness, you know, sowing and reaping. And we just break these titles down. I have some people I want to bring into the studio with me to help talk about this because, you know, it didn't take us one generation to get into this problem, and it's not going to take us one generation to get out. You know, and when I have conversations with with young men and women, I'm just shocked at how far away from the the Bible, and, and I'm not just talking about uh, Torah. I'm talking about just shocked as far as biblical principles of how to, to, to what's expected from a man and what's expected from a woman that we've come as a church. I'm not even talking about on the street. I'm just talking about in the church about where that goes, you know, and, and hopefully it'll make you buck up, become the man you need to be so your wife can have something to love and squeeze on and uh, that passion can be restored. I'm Joe Sutton from North Minneapolis. I'm out. God bless you guys and have a great week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.